Oh, joys, 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 down in my heart. All right. Why do you say we get into this? <laughs> no? Yeah? Anybody? Yeah, all right, we got a thumbs up. All right, yeah, 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 we're getting here. <laughs> you got me, man. All right, so that was Gabe. Um, if you haven't heard, we have a children's and family pastor. He's awesome. He catches me off guard here and there. And so thank you, Gabe. I almost spat all over my tablet. All right. I'm going to pray just to center myself. Uh, if you guys want to join me in that, that'd be awesome. Lord, thank you for the church. Thank you for brothers and sisters. Thank you for being a present God, interested in each one of us, but also us as a community. Lord, we ask that today is honoring and glorifying to you. Lord, we ask that you are removing barriers in our lives, that you are are moving our hearts towards sensitivity to what you are doing. Lord, we invite you here. Lord, we want to be a part of what you're doing. Thank you for loving us and help us love like you. Pray this in your son's name. Amen. So we are in week three of a series on spiritual gifts. Uh, We are finally just getting into the spiritual gifts where we've done a lot of building fences, kind of guidelines and describing the pool that we are... uh, hoping to step into to understand what it means to be um, a spiritually gifted person. So this week is looking at love gifts. Now this series is as much about you as it is about the church. Uh, Somehow, in some way, we kind of externalize church as if it was something that would just go on without us, that it's just like this organization that's going to do something, that it has like its own agenda, its own plans and then we just happen to attend or we just happen to be part of. But when we really get down to what church is, church is a body of believers. It's, it's us. We are part of the church. We are not able to externalize it. We are part of it. And we hope as a community to start internalizing it deeper and, and truly believing that we are the church. So in this series, We are looking at the truth that every believer has been given a spiritual gift. It's from God, it's for others, and it's through you. We hope, as a community, we help each other identify spiritual gifts, grow and develop them, and even maybe help them find their role or support them in their role as the church. In other words, we want to continue to help each other, not mistake the team bench for the bleachers. We are all in this, we all have a part, we're all on the team. So today we are looking at spiritual gifts, and if you're online, I believe there's a code that you can uh, click on. If you know your spiritual gifts, just let us know. Uh, There's a QR code at the back if you guys are in-house and you want to share as you figure out your spiritual gifts. You may not figure out today, but we have at least seven more weeks, I believe, of this. So there's going to be that QR code. There's going to be a link online. And we would love to also just kind of harness and harvest this idea of what our spiritual gifts as a body is. So we can start leaning towards that. If we're spiritually gifted as Stanley Park Community Church in one direction, we should be finding ourselves leaning that way a little bit more often. So that's that's our goal. Today we're looking at five gifts, uh, hopefully in 25 minutes, but I I realize that it's going to be 26. It's going to be 26 minutes today, guys. So set your timer uh, starting now. (laughs) That would be great. All right. Um, Yeah, so I really hope you guys have found your way into Zoom. I'm glad to have everybody on Facebook. And I'm going to read today's text. It's in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 26, if you want to open up your Bible, if you want to open up your app, or if you just want to trust me, let's go for it. So in verse 12, it says, Just as the body, though one, has many parts, 
But all its many parts are formed one body. And so it's with Christ. We were baptized by the one spirit so that so to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is made up of many parts. Now, if the foot was to say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear was to say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not stop being part of the body for that reason. If the whole body was an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body was near, where would the, if the whole body was near, where would be the sense of smell? Um, give me a second there. If we were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And in that, the, the eye cannot say, I do not need you, hand. And the head cannot say, I do not need you, feet. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think lesser of, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty. While the presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it, so that those should be with no division in the body. But that it, its parts should be equally concerned for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part is on, honored. So we're going to be going through this text and a few other ones throughout this entire series. I think one of the beautiful things is to identify is the, the interconnectedness of it. Like we all understand like how machines work. We aren't a machine. And when, when, you, when you're sore in, in a foot, right, your, your entire gait changes. If you have a, a sore back, I don't know if anybody's ever had one of those, you don't want to move very much. Like, the entire body suffers together. And so as we are also going through the spiritual gifts, I, I hope that we learn how to connect better. Uh, in, a, in a time of isolation, a time of disruption, all that we've gone through, we may not be relating the way that we once did. And I think the spiritual gifts, as we go through them, will help us as we see other people's gifts, as we understand how my gift might actually support somebody else's gift. I might be a foot. You might be a knee. There's some sort of connection, some sort of relationship that we are designed to have. And so the hope is that in this series, not just today, that we find our role with one another. So within today's gifts, there is five of them. We are looking at, and the gifts are administration, helps, mercy, giving, and hospitality. Now, every one of these gifts are also a discipline. And that's where we start getting into the nuances and the complications of this. So say you aren't actually very gifted in mercy. Doesn't mean you're off the hook, right? We, we, are, get, we have people that are spiritually gifted in one way, and like they are like knocking it out of the park. And we have other people that aren't gifted that way. We don't get the pass. There's, there's an interesting thing about some of these gifts, and specifically all of the love gifts, that are actually a call and requirement of us as Christians. But then there's the people that are spiritually gifted. And sometimes we compare ourselves to them as the ungifted people, that they just hit it out of the park. They, they are just the people that we sit back and say, I can never be like that. And you know why? Because it's not your spiritual gifting. God didn't bless you that way, which means there's other gifts for you. So the idea of, of a spiritual gift or a love gift in this particular week 
is looking at like the, yeah, the undue return, the idea of taking what we give. Some of us, like, let's go with love, generally. Some of us might not be great at loving people. And so, some of us try really hard, and we focus all our energy, and, and we still don't get very far. That's kind of like our natural ability. But when it comes to the spiritual gifts, it's kind of like the feeding of 5,000, where it's not the person in themselves that's giving their gift that is so amazing. It's that they are willing to take the fish, the loaves, the, the little bit that they have, and God is taking that, and he's multiplying it. He's taking a, a small thing that we offer, and he multiplies it in a way that he wants to. And so the, the challenge is, is that within a spiritual gift, they can also come off so natural that then a person with that spiritual gift may not actually understand that they are operating out of a spiritual gift. Specifically in these love gifts, like they're just, they feel like it's just their natural wiring. This is just what I do. I, I love these people. But because God is also connected into it, it takes it to a next level than just a natural wiring. And so there's a lot of nuance that we get to work through in all of this. But the idea is that God wants to powerfully move through these five areas with people who are uniquely gifted. And for the rest of us that aren't gifted that way, he still wants to move powerfully through us, but we can't expect the same return uh, because that's not our gifting. So let's look at the first gift called administration. Does anybody know off the bat that they have the gift of administration? We got one, we got fingers being pointed at another. We got a little one, yeah, online I can't see you guys, so you could give it like a thumbs up if you know it's you. Um, so, gifts of administration comes 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you has a part. And God has placed you in the church, dot, 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 the gift of guidance, also known as the gift of administration. So the idea of administration is that it's a gift that steers things. It's a gift that directs, that plans. It's a gift that kind of like supervises things. The Greek word, I will not say, because that would just be embarrassing. But what the Greek word means is to steer, to guide, or like helmsman. The, the helmsman is the person that steers a ship. Now what's interesting about the gift of administration is that it doesn't always come with a gift of leadership. The other thing is the gift of leadership doesn't always come with the gift of administration. And so sometimes they're, they're paired perfectly in a person, and they're amazing. But other times, God has uniquely gifted leaders and uniquely gifted administrative people, and he's like, this works. This just goes so well. And so the gift of administration is, is obviously a gift to a leader, but also a gift to the community. Because there's leaders out there that have like great, grandiose ideas, like this mountain, we need to go to this mountain, but it has no idea how it would ever get there. Because that's not their gifting. The administration person to, to kind of help us understand them would say, oh, I see that. That's, that's where we're going? Well, yeah, you want to go down this path. You want to go that way. You want to make sure you get some supplies because you're going to go across a river. Like they, It just, ha just makes sense. And that's why it's such a gift to our community is to have gifted administrators because they can see where things are going and then they can help the community get there. They can say, oh, well, did we take into consideration these people? Or did we figure out what this might mean as we know that this person has this limitation, that person has this special ability. Can we get them involved? They, they just get it. They help us as a community work this out. A, an example would be, say I as a, 
a visionary person said, we need to have a cafe carnival. I just made that up. Uh, like where there's coffee and there's like bouncy things, but not together because that's dangerous. Right? The, the administration person would first be like, well, we got to order beans, we got to get the coffee water, we got to make sure that we get the elephant, and we also got to get the bouncy things. Like they would just think about all the things that go into that, where I just wanted coffee and elephants and bouncy things together. Right? And so it's so good to have people that would say, this is how it's going to happen, not just, well, we didn't get there. <laughs> right? That's like the gift of administration. Another example of the way that shows up is in Acts 6, 1 to 4. I'm not going to read it, but I'll, I'll bring to mind the idea is the early church was gathering, they were connecting, and the early leadership of the church is now focusing on the widows getting fed. You might remember this story. And then the other group is like, well, our widows aren't getting taken care of as well. And they're like, well, shoot, like this is, we're, we're trying to preach, we're trying to do all these things, we gotta let the, the gospel go out, and we're, we're failing here. And the idea comes up, well, what if we just organize differently, right? Like somebody, hey, I, I think you guys should probably just like, you should focus on using your gifts, and we can organize a few people who will organize this well. And so because there is an administrator, because there is people gifted that way, and it even says in the text they had wisdom and they were full of the spirit, that the widows were cared for. It wasn't because the vision wasn't there to care for them. That was going on. But the, the gift needed to be applied to the community. So that's administration. Uh, another gift that God has given the church through people is called helps. It's in the same passage, so I'll, I'll read that part, and I'll put the dot, dot, dot in a different area. Uh, now, the body of Christ, and each one of you, is a part of it. God has placed in the church, dot, 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 the gift of helps. Now, a person with helps serves with strength that God provides. Like, we all rely on God, but for some reason, God gives them, like, a special ability to just serve. And they do so in a way that is, like, so Christ-like. It's not like, oh, they're, they're serving because they want something out of it, or they're, they're serving because of, uh, you know, I owe them one, or they owe me one, and that's why it's working out. They, they, they do it just because they're like, man, I, I can't wait to help somebody. So they reveal God's love tangibly. So a person that finds an opportunity, a common task, they just hop right in. They, they do it cheerfully. They're excited about it. And I think I have two names. They're actually oddly the same name that I can point to two different people with the same name in our community. I would, I would contend have this gift, and I'll let them discern, let us as a community discern this. Um, they're both named Rob. Uh, I, I saw Rob Sonoda the other day, and I saw Rob Young a few days before that. I'd say both these guys have the spiritual gift. They, well, for, for Rob Sonoda, I was, I was talking to him a while back, where he had just finished dropping off a meal to somebody's house. And one of the comments he says, man, if I could just do this all the time, I would love every moment of it. Like his, his heart beats to just fill in that gap, to, to deliver something. He didn't have to make it. He, didn't, he loved taking it. Right? There's a good sign where like, if, if you are hearing in any of these or in any of the other areas, like I would just love to do this all the time. Maybe like write a note down, put it in your phone and, and, and start discerning. Maybe that is where a gift of yours is. Uh, Rob Young. So I don't know how many times in this pandemic Rob Young has shown up, helped out. There, the back entrance, there was a, a hole that was covered by paper. I think a lot of you either noticed or didn't notice it, depending on your personality type. Um, there was a hole there, and I think like squirrels lived in that thing. And I was like, you know, we need to get this fixed up. And I was like, maybe, maybe somebody could just like patch it. Well, 
Rob Young comes in, he patches up, like, I, I don't know if he, like, even, like, drew, like, wood details on it just to make it, like, blend in perfectly. And then, like, I, as he's finishing it up, I tell him, like, I need, like, a, a bolt for something. He hops home, hops back over with, like, a few bolts just to make sure it fits. And I was just like, like, this is, this is above and beyond, and it's just his gifting is to fill in that gap, to serve cheerfully. He's excited about doing it. I feel bad accepting it, right? But he loved it. And so I'd say that these two Robs, they both likely have that gift. Once again, we can discern as a community, but I'm, I'm leaning that way. So this, this gift here is a, a gift that shows God's love tangibly. It wants to serve. It wants to make manifest God's big love in very fine ways. It might be in giving coffee to somebody. It might be dropping something off. It might just be running around getting bolts, nuts, and screws. I think even Joey at the back, you might be gifted this way. Joey has been serving us week after week after week after week after week after week. It goes on because this is a pandemic. And he is helping us in the tech area. He's, I'm, I'm sure you're tired, Joey, but he also serves. He shows up and he gives. I think you might have this as well. So a person with this gifting is a type of person that moves mountains. But they do it stone by stone and pebble by pebble and with a smile on their face. They're just wired that way. The third gift that uh, we're gonna look at today is the gift of mercy. I mentioned it earlier. So here we are in a different text, so it's not as redundant. Uh, Romans 12, six, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If it is, yeah, if it is to show mercy, do so cheerfully. So mercy is Maybe one of the ones that we can best picture Jesus' personality like. When we see a person that has the gift of mercy, we, we kind of just understand Jesus better. So mercy is a sensitivity towards someone's suffering. And I know for a fact that that gift is in our community. Over this past year, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people who aren't worried about themselves. Right? In some of the ways that our, our leadership approached the pandemic was because there was a gift of mercy saying, like, we want to make sure everybody's cared for, that everybody's loved. The way that a phone roster came out at the early camp, we want to make sure nobody is left behind. And so this, this mercy gift is sensitive towards suffering. It's, suffer, uh, it's focused towards meeting or understanding people's physical, mental, and emotional needs. They genuinely care and meet that with sympathy. They enter into the misery of a person with words of compassion. But they are also willing to just sit there and be there. They are merciful. If they have an opportunity to change that, they do. But they're they are more okay with being with someone who is suffering than feeling like they need to solve it. So I think that's a great image of Jesus. I think a person that is merciful helps us see that Jesus moves in with, with compassion and with favor and is very much for each one of us. And the interesting thing with a person that's gifted with mercy, they may know someone is suffering before they even know they're suffering. Right? They, they just like, seem to pick it up. They're like, huh, I think I'm going to drop on by today. They just seem to know it. And, and as they are going, they, they are present to the persons even as they discover that they aren't doing well. Oh, it turns out I'm not doing very well. Yep, yep. <laughs> and even that gives us a picture of Jesus. Right? We, we can read in Scripture that Jesus knew while we were still dead in our sins, Jesus, while we were still far off from God, entered into creation. 
before we really understood how far and how broken and how away from God we have gotten, Jesus moves in. He's present to creation. He guides us. And ultimately, he was willing to pay the entire price for our rebellion, for our sin, for our desire to live our own life, our own way, apart from God. Right? Jesus shows us mercy. And he's gifted people in our community to continue to show what mercy looks like, not just because we're called as all Christians to be merciful, which is in there, just in case you were trying to get off the hook on some of these things, like mercy. In Luke 6, 36, it says, Be merciful, just as your Father in heaven is merciful. So all of these gifts, if you're finding that it's not your strength, it's not your spiritual gifting, doesn't mean we're off the hook. But we also don't want to be looking at the merciful person saying, man, I can't be that, so I won't. We give whatever we have. We take whatever moment we're given, and we try to live out this Christ-centered life in every moment, in every way, and knowing that we can't do it in ourselves. So this, the spiritual gift of mercy is such a profound and deeply needed one. And it's seen in another spot in Scripture, which you might also remember, is the woman caught in adultery. Right? The, the challenge with mercy is like, oh, we're going to just let everybody off the hook? Right? That some of us might have that attitude. Well, we see that Jesus is in this spot where he's given an opportunity to be super, like, man, she's in the wrong. Let's bring the law and stone her. But he's also clever. He's also loving and compassionate, where he challenges which is also a merciful thing. To leave somebody in their sin is not mercy. Right? So he challenges the people that are all angry. He's like, well, like, which one of you is without sin? They were all challenged mercifully, where they all back down. And then the person that's caught, that's so much in this, he says, I don't hold it against you. Go on, don't sin anymore. He shows mercy to both groups in two different ways. So then we're moving into the fourth gift, and... I'm going to spend a bit more time just in this for the, the broader group, the ones that aren't gifted here, because it's an interesting one to talk about, specifically in our culture. It's giving. All right, we, this is Romans 12, 8 as well, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is giving, then give generously. Right, this passage has been misused by many pastors over many years. It's often been like, oh, this is why we're going to send the offering plate around. We don't do offering plates here. We have a box in the back if you're really like, convicted. But the, the idea here is that this is a special gifting, but it's also a discipline of us. And so as, as I talk about giving, every one of us is expected to give. Whoa, 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 hey, hey, hey. online, I know, you just logged off. Sorry, I missed you. Right? We're all expected to give because that uniquely shows who God is. We have a very generous and loving God. And here's where I'm going to say is, if giving to the church is too much for you right now, if you're like, oh, the church has done so many wrong things, I don't like you guys, whatever like your excuse is, that's fine. Practice generosity. Give somewhere else. Find someone in need. And that's where this gift goes with. It's generously giving to others. It's not just about tithing, which is an Old Testament thing that we like to drag into the New Testament. It's not just that we collaboratively put our monies together to make this all happen. That's not what the text is about. The text is about giving generously to others. To find someone that is in need and to pour out from yourself, from what you have to meet that person. Once again, that is so much what God is like. 
But in our culture, and this is why I want to spend a bit more time on it, is not. We, we in our culture, uh, I find it myself, so I, I'm like preaching to convict myself. I'm about myself. I'm about what I want, what I need. I need the new iPhone, whatever. I need the new tablet, this thing. And, and my wife is probably like typing amen. Um, like they, I'm always on to the next thing I want and I need. But the, the gift here of giving, the spiritual gift is one thing, but the gift that is given to us as we give is that we slowly take the, the king that seems to be trying to usurp Jesus in our lives and we put him out. We say, my life is not about serving myself. It's not about building up my empire. It's about living out the kingdom of God. And I have to go out of my way to get that out of my way. Because I will get so focused, and I'm sure some of you are in the same category, on what I want, that my eyes drop down and I look like maybe two, three feet out front of myself, and I miss the people around. Another passage that says, give to all those who ask of you. So we've lined up people outside the door on our way out, so we have, no, I'm kidding. Is that it's just a heart, a challenge to check, like why won't I give? So moving into the spiritual gifting person, a spiritually gifted person, as, as they think about something coming in, they, they might have that checkbox and they're like, how can I give this away? They might be like, oh, I think I know somebody that needs this. It, it just seems to be like a, a natural wiring, and this is once again where the love gifts can be often confused with like, just a natural gift, like a natural ability or a natural wiring. But in, in the church, God has gifted unique people to think about stewarding resources to other places to meet needs. And so if you identify that every time you get something, you think, oh man, somebody would love to use it, or I can't wait to use this in somebody else's place, you might have the spiritual gift of giving. Now, a unique thing about the spiritual gift of giving, it's focused on resources going out. Now, the challenge we might think about with this gift is that it then has to be given to a person that has lots of resources to give. And that's not true. The, the spiritually gifted person who loves to give, who just lives out this Jesusness in the way they give to others, may not be the most wealthy person in the community. They may not have the special ability of uniquely organizing resources to come in so they can give it out. Some might. But don't write off a spiritual gift just because you don't have a lot of things. I've met many a people who have terrible apartments, have crappy cars, and they are like the most giving and generous people. Like if they find a dime in their pocket, they know they're giving it to somebody else. And so we, we can misunderstand this gifting because we look at what we lack. But when this gift is going well, we see that God is organizing resources. And this might be a, a convicting point to us as a church as well. Because earlier in the passage, it says that these gifts work together. And so if you are, like, really good with this, it might be going too social, so I'm not going to go socialist on you, but if you are uniquely gifted in having things ac acquired or accrued, you might be one of those people that we should be partnering up with somebody that's uniquely spiritually gifted in stewarding resources out. Because God wants us to work as a body together. And this, this shows up with all the other gifts, is that, they are better together than they are apart. That's why the eye and the ear need each other, why the head needs the feet. Is that if a spiritually gifted person isn't connected to other spiritual gifts, it's not going to be living out the way it should be in a church community. So this is a, the, the fifth gift, which is a unique one as well. So the spiritual gift list, the roster, isn't, well, many people wouldn't say, uh, a, a comprehensive list. 
Some say there's 21 spiritual gifts. Others say there's 24. Others say there might be more than that. So hospitality falls into the, there might be more than the 21 spiritual gift category. And I put it in just because I wanted to run longer. Uh, no, I put it in because I think I'm willing to make the exception and let it be in there because it's in a passage before they talk about spiritual gifts. So it's a stretch of the text, and I understand that. But then I also look at hospitality, and I understand that there is something uniquely special about a person with a spiritual gifting of hospitality. So the passage is from 1 Peter 4.8. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's gift or God's grace in various forms. So people like to drag it into the next part and it goes into a list of spiritual gifts. So I, I'm not quite really going to do that to the text, but I think it's close enough to let us look at hospitality as a spiritual gift. So I think like one person I know for sure in our community that has this spiritual gift, I've worked with her long enough, is Kit. That the spiritual gift of hospitality, once again, like giving, doesn't mean you have the nicest place, the nicest things, or that you are like worried about all the flowers or the rugs or whatever kind of thing. Like your place doesn't matter. Your things don't matter. It's not a clustering of resources that matter with a spiritual gift. It's what God is doing in you and through you. And so I know for time and time and time again, and I think many of you that know Kit know that relationships happen and there's an opportunity now to host somebody and, it, and bring them in. And it just seems to match up in their story that they needed somebody to bring them into a space and a place to meet them with love. And that's what this spiritual gift of hospitality is. It's creating space for God's love to meet somebody when they needed a space, when they needed to be brought in from the fray, when they needed to be brought in from strangers to family. And I, I kind of like that the, the spiritual gift of hospitality is kind of on the fringe of the gifts that are in a, in a comprehensive list because that person is found with the fray. They're found on like the edge of everything creating space for others to belong, for others to connect, for others to be accepted and loved. And so that's why I'm willing to put it in here, is it's, it's not about having nice things. It's about being sensitive to what God is doing. And a person with a spiritual gift of hospitality, it seems like God has put like a beacon on their door, or like a beacon on them as they're going through the, the grocery store, that they just seem to bump into somebody at the right time to say, hey, I think you should come over for dinner. And I know that this gift has been hard in the pandemic, but a person with this thing, they would find a way to be hospitable, to create space for others so that they can live, maybe even spill out. And that's maybe where a gift of mercy would be wonderful as somebody that finally has a spot to spill, now meets somebody that's willing to sit in it. And so the, the gift of hospitality doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden magically gifted as a cook. You could give crackers and somehow the gift of hospitality makes crackers enough. Right, you don't have to have a nice place. You could be in a basement apartment that has like leaks. You might figure out a way to like cover up the leak just to make it more hospitable, but it doesn't matter. You're, you're, when you have the gift of hospitality, hospitality comes before pride. And so that's why I want to leave this gift in the list, is that it is, it's valuable to identify that as we live as a community, that there's other people who are uniquely gifted in certain ways that we can partner and connect and live out faith alongside supporting and serving. So the five gifts, I'm going to go over them again as we're doing all right on time. Five gifts are administration, helps, mercy, giving, and hospitality. 
Now, these five gifts are love gifts. And love gifts, are their focus are predominantly to make manifest the love of God tangibly to people. And so you see that in the way that an administrator organizes things. You see that in the way somebody comes and just serves joyous, joyously. You see that in the way somebody's willing to sit with suffering as a merciful person. We see that as somebody that stewards and organizes things to go out. And we see that as a hospitable person being invited in. No matter where they're from, no matter what they're doing, no matter, yeah, I'm going to say it, their COVID status. A hospitable person, someone with that gifting, they'll find ways to work through it. But they don't care. When it comes to these gifts, the way that we live them out is putting Christ first. Right? We, we've experienced this in some way, and as a gifting in us, and a gifting around, we get to experience God over and over and over again when a gift is lived out. We get to learn from them as people that aren't gifted that way. We get to say, wow, I never even thought about doing that. Maybe I'll try that as a discipline. But as we see this gift lived out in community, in connection to one another, we as a church are also edified. We are encouraged. It's not just about being the receivers of these gifts. It's about us being connected as a body, where the eyes and ears, the feet and the hands, the heart, all know, are all part. They all belong. They're all on the team working towards the same goal. And that goal is to bring glory to God and to be his witness in the neighborhood, to be witnesses at work, to be witnesses in your family. As we continue to put down what gets in the way and live into what God has called us to be and to do, we will see God glorified in the Monday to Friday, the 9 to 5, the after 5, all those moments. So that is the section for spiritual gifts today, but here's where I run into the time, is I also committed with spiritual gifts to also do character corner. Who remembers me saying that? Yeah, all right, we've got one person. All right. <laughs> so online, I, I hope you're... So character corner, it's going to be super short. The issue or the reason why we're doing character corner in all of this is that the gifts don't matter if we don't have godly character. So the, the passage that we're going to be going through over and over and over and over and over again is 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I gave it all, to, all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardships that I may boast, but not have love, I, ha I have nothing. So the, today's character corner topic, love is patient. We're going to be going through this entire thing, but today, for your character, are you patient? The worst thing is Friday this week, I was telling Rebecca this, I was not patient. It's a great, right? I had five slow cars, I had a bus, and then I took a left instead of a right, and I'm good with direction, so I, I'm, I'm pretty sure either like God is doing something to challenge me on my patience. I'm normally pretty patient, but Friday I was not. And then even my call to locate on a project didn't get back to me on a Friday, so that messed up my Saturday, and I had so much anger. I stopped at, well, McDonald's also had a ridiculous lineup. I went inside, which then was even a bigger mistake. I sat there with my coffee. I got into devotion. It's like, you know what? I need to just recenter because this is not going to go well the rest of my day. And so the question with patience, right? Because love is patient. 
how would you rate yourself on a scale of one to five in your patients? Right? You guys got a number? You got a number online? You don't have to write it down. You got nothing to yell it out. You have a number in your head of what you would say you are a patient? All right. The homework with character corner is to ask somebody else to rate your patients. It might be a spouse. It might be a sibling. It might be a coworker. And I don't mean this as a joke either. I, I will implore you with as much pastoral authority as I can muster in this one. It's ask somebody to rate your patients. And if you're selecting somebody, you already have your answer. Ask somebody, don't select somebody, to answer what you are one to five in patience. Either you're going to be flattered, which would be nice, right? Or you might be woken up. You might realize that you aren't the five that you wrote down earlier, that you thought about earlier. And so this week, it, it's allowing us to be open to patience, allowing God to organize areas where I don't even have to ask somebody. I'll still ask Katie. You, Katie, I'm going to be bold enough. Katie, what am I? Post it on the Facebook page. Right? Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just model this behavior if it's a one that hurts. But uh, yeah, be honest, be serious, and let's engage with the character part of this. Because love is patient, and if we don't have love, it doesn't matter what our gifts are. That's our time together, guys. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to send you on out. Lord, thank you for this body of believers. Thank you for the community that you've called us to be. Lord, I ask that your words reach those that needed to hear it today. Lord, for those with these five gifts, Lord, help us identify them. Help us encourage them. Help us message them or identify what they may not have caught in themselves. Lord, allow us as a body of believers to be about other people whether they are part of our community or whether they're part of our neighborhood or workplace. Lord, continue to form in us patience this week. Lord, if it means that every one of us gets five cars going so slowly, Lord, may it be so for your glory. Because, Lord, you are interested in our character. You're interested in the way that we present love to others. And so, Lord, we submit this week to you, knowing that you have great plans and that they're better than ours. We pray this in your son's name. All right, guys, great to see you, and we'll be back next week. Thank you.